Okay, so we haven't even started this interview, <laughs> no, and haven't. you are sharing a few things, and I'm just going to start the recorder. Okay. What would you like to share, Carolyn? <laughs> well, okay, so the 31st of March, yes. my birth certificate came. Oh, wow. Now, granted, I haven't changed my name yet. That'll happen in May, on okay. May the 4th, but I changed my gender. Wow. Officially, legally, I'm female now. You are. Um, yes, so that, that was, like, awesome. Uh, did it for the military. Okay. Because I don't know when the military will... Sorry. Didn't know when the military will stop allowing people to. Wow. So. Mm-hmm. So with all the legislation going on, this is your way of being in without any problems? Or does does that still... It, I mean, they can still say anyone that's transgender is out. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it does is it completes my transition. Okay. Um, so it's, it really affirms that I'm stable in, in gender and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing and makes it harder to put me out. Okay. Now there's four different court cases that are going that if all of them go through, then the ban won't actually ever be put into place. But who okay. actually knows? Mm. Got a plan for the worst case scenario. So your life is in some limbo right now. <laughs> my life has been in limbo for the last year or so. I'm Wendy Connolly, and this is The Lift, a podcast raising voices of wisdom, faith, and uplift. Today I'm joined by Carolyn Morrison. This is the first of our three-part conversation about her transition as a trans woman and the wisdom she has gained in this process of changing genders and becoming more fully herself. It's a courageous, revealing conversation and illumines facets of gender and social life that we often take for granted. Here's part one of our conversation. I want to ask you about the military. I want to ask you about Trump's ban on transgender people from the military. What do you mm-hmm. have to say to that? Honestly, it's uh, it's not really fair. I think that's probably the, uh, the most obvious uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us came out that have come out came out um, in good faith. I mean, I came out in May. To the army, okay. and uh, was it June or July that the May of last the, year? Yes, May of okay. 2016. So that's, and that's you came or 2017. Out, you came out yes. to me in April, so mm-hmm. it was right afterwards. Yes. Okay. Um, and then oh, was it June or July that the three tweets mm-hmm. came out, and then um, Donald then, Trump tweets. Mm-hmm. Then right? we finally got policy that kind of went with the tweets, and that started the court cases. And the injunctions against that going into place because saying that saying that saying that yes, transgender people, people could not serve. Okay. Um, it also made it so that people that were currently in weren't able to become um, become officers. Mm-hmm. It made it so that people couldn't come in. Mm-hmm. You know, there were no enlistments. Right. Um, what it's. The other thing that it did was it flew in the face of the previous administration's, right. um, you know, the, the policy they had put forth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so without going into a whole lot of detail on it, I mean, the president is still my commander in chief. I have been in for 16 years and I, I'm not going to lie. I haven't agreed with everything that the commander in chief has done over the last 16 years, but I'm a soldier. 
And so I'll continue to soldier on no matter what. You know, you wrote something about this on Facebook, and I wonder if you would actually read it for us right now. If you have it, mm-hmm. it's right. Maybe. Yeah. I said, my friends, policies like the one just announced tear at my heart and my soul. But the court's injunctions and orders still stand, and they continue to protect my right to continue to serve. I'm an American soldier, an NCO, a two-time combat vet, a devoted wife, and a parent of four. I've served honorably for almost 16 years, so the last year being served openly and authentically. I ask you to please join me in being hurt and being pissed if you feel need to be. But also remember that each of my siblings in arms and I will continue to serve you with honor and dignity. As you might know, there's no creed for the transgender soldier nor transgender NCO because we are rightly held to the same standards as every other soldier. As such, I stand by my oath and I affirm my continued adherence to the Army Creed that I'm an American soldier. I'm I'm a warrior and a member of a team. I serve the people of the United States and I live the Army values. I will always place the mission first. I will never accept defeat. I will never quit. I will never leave a fallen comrade. I am disciplined, physically and mentally tough, trained and proficient in my warrior tasks and drills. I always maintain my arms, my equipment, and myself. I'm an expert, and I'm a professional. I stand ready to deploy, engage, and destroy the enemies of the United States of America in close combat. I'm a guardian of freedom and the American way of life. I am an American soldier. So do these words mean anything different to you today than they did when you first took the oath? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I, when I first took my oath, it was back in 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've, I've reenlisted a number of times and had to retake the oath of enlistment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've said the army creed, you know, my entire career. Um, but one of the army values is integrity. Right. And so I served all of that time, um, true to everything but who I was Mm -hmm. because I knew that being who I was meant not being able to fulfill my call to serve. Mm -hmm. Um, and so saying that I serve the people of the United States and I live the army values, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's truer now than it was before. Right. Right. You know, saying that I serve the people of the United States, Mm -hmm. it also becomes, it, it also takes on a new meaning when you see, see the comment sections on uh, news stories and and that sort of thing. And you, you hear the comments that people make about you serving and realize Mm -hmm. these are the people that I serve. Right. You know, these, these are who I've gone to Iraq and I've gone Mm -hmm. to Africa to, to defend their right to, Mm -hmm. to speak badly about me and, uh, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and always placing the mission first. If the army had, if the army told me no, then I would have had to wait. I want to go back to what you were saying about integrity and the integrity of your identity. Mm-hmm. You were born male and you began transitioning to the female gender over this past year. Mm-hmm. Have you always felt like you were female, even from a young age? I do, or I did. Um, I, I was assigned male at birth and I can remember I was about five when I first realized that things didn't quite add up. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first time I encountered clothes and, and that sort of thing. Okay. Um, and then... So meaning that you preferred the girls' clothes to the boys' clothes? Or what does that girl, look like? Well, it was the first time I, I tried on like, my mom's clothes. Obviously, sure. they were right. way too big, uh-huh. that sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um, and and all, all kids experiment with... With things like that, but right. but for me it it was more of a a right feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, the activities mm-hmm. that I was enrolled in, I never really had a, a lot of interest in. Mm-hmm. Um, you meaning traditionally traditionally male activities, activities things like that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I would get jealous because my sister would get her hair done and. Mm-hmm. Um, she would get her hair done and, and just all of the, the traditionally female activities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never, never got that. Right. You know, I, I remember praying to wake up as a girl. Well, when was um, that? How old were you? Oh, dear Lord. Off and on for years. But I yeah. think the last time I really, really prayed about it was eighth grade. Okay. Mm-hmm. But even many years before that, oh, yeah. you were... Huh. Yeah, throughout the years before yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it's it's something that never quite left mm-hmm. because of the uh, the denomination that I was raised in, though. Um, I, I saw it as a sin, and I saw God as a God that didn't want me if I was, um, if I was transgender. Mm-hmm. So I convinced myself that I was a transvestite, even though that never really fit okay let's let's go yes. there so <laughs> because the li- linguistics are important yes 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 okay you are a trans woman mm-hmm. meaning you have transitioned from male to female or you're in the process can you first explain some of the linguistics around transgender transsexual queer what they mean and what they don't mean because i think for a lot of people including myself this is new and i often feel clumsy in how i use these words so help us out okay i'm not going to lie uh-huh i'm not totally clear on most on some of them also okay <laughs> but i will do my best okay um being transgender doesn't require you to transition mm-hmm. okay being transgender means that your identity, who you know yourself to be, is different than the gender that you were assigned at birth. Got it. Okay. Um, that's transgender. That's transgender. Okay. Um, transvestite is typically a... It's, it's a straight person, uh-huh. um, typically a straight male, who finds sexual uh, sexual pleasure in... Dressing is the opposite sex. Okay, and there's a, so that's a sexual pleasure associated yes. with that. I didn't realize that either. Yes. Okay. Um, queer. But but they're generally yes. straight. They're Usually straight. straight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yep. I'm learning new stuff all the time. Okay. Queer. Queer. I actually just got introduced to this as a non-derogatory phrase here right. recently. Me too. Um, I always thought it was yes. a phrase you avoid. and my, then My wife and I have talked about this quite a bit because okay. she still sees it as that. Okay. Um, but I know a number of people that call themselves queer. Uh-huh. That, I do too. Um, some of the ones that I know that call themselves queer, it's because they know something's different. Mm. They just mm-hmm. don't know exactly what. Mm. Um, you know, they may be gender fluid, they may be transgender, they may be, um, oh dear Lord, what are some of the other ones? Uh, Demi, Mm -hmm. which means 
that they kind of lean towards the other gender, but not completely. Um, but they, they're still trying to figure that out. Mm. So they know they're on the spectrum somewhere. Uh-huh. Um, and so they say queer. And right. it's one of the words that's been kind of taken back from the uh, the insult that it used to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's a big debate right now about transgender pronouns, too. And mm-hmm. this has gained quite a lot of publicity lately in interviews with that Canadian psychologist, professor, best-selling author, Jordan Peterson. So in reference to a Canadian bill, C-16, supporting gender-inclusive language, Peterson says, and I've got a quote here, I don't recognize another person's right to determine what pronouns I use to address them. I won't do it. His argument, of course, it involves a legal mandate around language and political correctness, and I'm not interested in debating here all this from a legal standpoint, Mm -hmm. but I am curious What are your thoughts and particularly feelings about the pronouns that people use to address you? What if I said, Um, you know what? I know you as a he. I'm going to call you he, him. How does that feel to you? That's not a decision you get to make. But it is. I'm the one calling you that. Okay. Okay. It, okay, it is a decision you get to make. Right. You have free speech. You mm-hmm. can you can make that choice. Um, but it's it, it's disrespectful at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I I think back to the uh, to the fifties. Okay. You know where where black men were typically called boy. Uh-huh. You know, no matter what, they were called boy. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how old they were, they were called mm-hmm. boy. Uh, it's disrespectful. Right. Um, you know, my identifying as, as female, Mm -hmm. I'm female. Mm -hmm. That means, you know, my pronouns are she, her, hers. Now I'm not going to yell at someone or jump down their throat if they accidentally use the wrong pronouns. Mm -hmm. My kids are still working on the right pronouns. Um, My wife will occasionally use the wrong pronouns. Heck, I'll use the wrong pronouns sometimes. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's it's a matter of personal respect for uh, for the other person. Mm -hmm. And saying that you don't recognize the other person's right to determine who they are and how you talk, how you speak about them. Right. that's a very privileged way to think. Mm, interesting. So is transgenderism a left-wing ideology or is it something else? No, it's not left-wing. Um, you know, you, you, look at, you look at cultures around the world, mm-hmm. including back into ancient society. Right. Um, you know, and, and this, goes into, this goes into the understanding of the Bible even. The Israelites had seven different understandings of gender. If you look in Esther 4, uh, you see the the eunuch. That's the Uh go-between. The pronouns change Mm. partway through the story. And it's because English doesn't have... English isn't nuanced enough to handle what gender was in Hebrew. That's Um, fascinating. So we went to the same seminary, and I never learned this stuff. (laughs) I, I did a little research. I'm sure, yeah. You know, the oh, interesting. most of the indigenous people in the United mm-hmm. States, no matter what their tribes were, right. have a, a what they uh, typically refer to as two-spirit. 
I did learn this in my Native American mm -hmm. theology class. A lot That's of them right. had at least well five regarded, different. Yes. Very well regarded. It, it was a community. gift. Uh -huh, right. Um, and most of them had five different understandings of gender. It, it wasn't until Christians came in, you know, West, mm -hmm. Western Christians came in uh, that they brought this binary. Yeah. Um, and just like everything else, they forced it upon the Native tribes. Mm -hmm. um, and some, a, a lot of them have taken that back. Uh, there was a powwow in Manhattan, a two-spirit powwow in Manhattan, not too long ago. Mm -hmm. um, so it's still Manhattan, Kansas. Manhattan, Manhattan Kansas. Manhattan, okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's it's still a uh, a real part of their culture, right. and in other countries mm -hmm. around the world, it's a part of the culture. Um, you know, it, it's 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 not just here and not just part of the culture but part of the linguistics mm -hmm. yeah i'm wendy Connolly, and this is the lift podcast you can learn more about today's conversation at my website theliftpodcast.org or look for the lift podcast on facebook don't forget to subscribe on itunes or your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode and thank you for leaving comments and sharing the lift with friends until next time thanks for tuning in